0: It's us there. inside your head?
1: We're inside of everybody's head. Phones, <laughs> if you're listening through headphones, because this is American Brews and Tunes. Here's a theme song, you know it's not a mean song. It's a good song, just as it should song. American brews and tunes. do Holy guacamole. What? We've got chips. We do. Well, the Aquabats do wink, wink. Anyways, <laughs> uh, welcome back to American Bruising Tunes. This is episode number seventy-one. Seventy-one. Tons oh my of gosh. fun on seventy-one. Wow, what a great rhyme! You heard it here. You heard it first. Tons of fun on seventy-one. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Tune in to seventy-one for tons of fun. Yeah, and for this episode, of course. Yeah. Um like we said last week this is a one off episode which means we try one beer and we review one album or in this case
0: one song.
1: Yes. This week we are reviewing the magnum opus by No Effects called The Decline. Ooh. Ooh. While we uh touch upon that in a little bit, let's uh let's start on the one beer that we are trying this week. Yeah, let's do it up. We're trying something that it isn't often distributed in Nashville. It's from the brewery Three Floyds.
0: Um, have you ever had anything from Th- Three Floyds? Maybe. The, they do the zombie dust, right? Yes. I think maybe I tried that before. I
1: had that on this podcast. Oh, so once. yeah, I've So I've I think you that. sipped it. Um, but I have had this beer long, long ago, but I don't recall much about it. Um, so it'll be a nice revisiting. And I'm just really okay. excited because this beer is not often available in Nashville. This is the Gumball Head. One word.
0: Gumball head. have, A, never heard of this beer, and, B, I really like the style of the label. It's like, It looks like it was drawn with a crayon. And it looks like it could have possibly been like a weird abstract cartoon from the 90s.
1: It looks like a cat smoking a cigarette in an astronaut suit, and his astronaut suit says FFF, I'm assuming for the three Floyds. Yeah. Um, and this is a pale... Wheat Ale. Pale Wheat Ale. So that's uh, an interesting style, is it, it not? It also says, it's not normal. It's not normal. It's, it's not, not normal. normal. Yeah. Um, they're from Indiana. Um, they're a fairly respected brewery from, w- from what I've heard. Yeah. Um, and here's what Untapped has to say about the beer. It says, an American Wheat Ale brewed with white wheat and dry hopped <laughs> with hand-selected hops from the Yakima Valley. Ooh, Bright wow. and refreshing with a lemony finish. <laughs> with the lemony finish so I'm ready for that lemon nice so am I dude I'm really ready for it the ca- um, the bottle cap is really cool looking too I'm assuming that's what they put on all their, their beers because I've never actually seen any other ones bottled before
0: Um, uh, probably it's, yeah
1: it's got this like spiral design with with pink and green and then in the middle it's Weird. got their logo it's the three Floyds and it's got some hands holding up some hops and barleys and, and a, the
0: three F's yeah so oh, interesting huh very strange I like it though yeah um, as you could maybe tell, I'm still getting over a cold. Yes, you are. I can tell. So, pardon me if I uh, sneeze or cough or what's it called whenever you're... you try to like this? Sniffle? Sniff, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say s- snot, but. Sniffle's a good word. I yeah. got the sniffles. Sorry. <laughs> Oh yeah, I have the sniffles.
1: Why don't you put those sniffles to good use and crack the beer so you can sniff that? <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> I need a bottle opener.
1: Let me crack mine and pass the bottle opener. Right.
0: Wow, thanks. Already I can smell this beer. And really? it smells
1: uh, it smells like a pale ale. Um, it has traces of what I would like assume a lot like a a lager smell like, but okay. you get that pale like that slight hoppy
0: flavor. Um, oh, I smell it now. It smells fairly good. It smells really good. Um, it smells I, like fresh hops. I had to put my nose directly inside the bottle to smell anything. Yeah, but I mean, it it smells fairly good. It does. It has that really nice fresh hop smell that yeah. you want to smell. You know, and, uh, it smells like a hop cone. Yeah,
1: and it's this is a fairly
0: um,
1: fresh bottle. I procured this nay, about a week and a half ago. And it was a brand new shipment to to Nashville, so I I feel like we're we're in good shape here for a fresh beer. Oh yeah, fresh. What would you say about the color? It's it's a little hazy, which I guess would be the wheats are are often um, unfiltered. Yeah, not always. I, I can't uh, say I'm, that all the are. Trying but to hold it up to the light to this see one if I is. Can see anything. It's it's very cloudy. It's definitely a little bit cloudy. Not yeah. not super sedimenty, but it's definitely cloudy. Definitely cloudy. Um, it's a nice. What nice, color would you say? Like know. yellow amber? Yellow wheat
0: color. Yellow wheat dark yellow.
1: Oh, it smells really good. Tan. It smells very clean.
0: Pan yellow. Pan I mean. yellow is a good one. It smells very clean. It does. It smells very clean. It kind of reminds me of the smell of bearded iris whenever you walk in there. Your grandfather smells very clean. <laughs> what is that from? <laughs> it's
1: from the Beatles A Hard Day Night. Hard Day's <laughs> night. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you, it smells very like, clean. Did you ever see that? No. They're just like sitting on a train and there's an old man sitting with them. And they're like, who's the old man? And like, that's Paul's grandfather. And they're like, he's very clean. <laughs> and everybody says that. It's just so weird.
0: Um, but you're saying about when you walk into Bearded Iris, you get, yeah. that, uh, get that smell. If Yeah, if any of you are from Nashville and you go to Bearded Iris and you walk in and you just get that nice hop aroma, yeah. that's exactly what this beer smells like.
1: You even get trace elements of it in the parking lot. But once you open those golden yeah. doors... I think it's it's actually a black door, door, but just one door as well. That golden door. That that regular door. The proverbial gold door. Yes. Not (laughs) not in color, but in uh, spirit. In spirit, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it smells so good when you walk in there. It really does. Um, But in the spirit of American brews and tunes, why don't we uh, give this a cheers and try this beer? Let's give it. Let's give it a try. Okay, as we always say. Damn the hatch. Mmm, that's very crisp, very light. That is very crisp. Not as like like as far as the mouthfeel goes, not nearly as light as like a some of the the really light Belgians. <laughs> yeah, but it's fairly light, especially compared to all the uh, stouts I've been having on this podcast. Yeah, lately. yeah, that's
0: actually a really good point. Um, um, the mouthfeel is uh, a lot. It's a little bit lighter than I was expecting, mostly because I think it's because I was smelling those like really great hop smells they're definitely a little bit like bitter and hoppy but it's not it's, not. it's crisp clean there's it's a slight really sweetness in there i can um, get a tiny little bit of the lemon citrus it's yes nice. it definitely has that lemon citrus it's and not overpowering it's not like a like like a line in google's it's just like uh, the uh, hop summer shandy or something like that
1: yeah like the hop is not overstaying it's welcome it's not no. uh it's not abrasive Nope. Invasive. It's a great Or disruptive. Beer. It's just there, and it's Fantastic. nice. Fantastic. I like Very it subtle and reserved, and a very nice beer. Very good for a summer day, and we're in spring right now, yeah. so we're getting there. Good for a spring day as well. Good for a spring day, I might it's say. Good for a spring day. Aye. Um, like always, if the flavor profile changes uh, to us as it warms up, we'll let you know. Otherwise, shall we dive into the decline by no effects? Yeah. We shall. Now, The Decline by Effects is technically an EP. Technically, I guess. But uh, we're just going to call it a single, um, just because we're reviewing the one song. Uh, when it was released on vinyl, it had the A-side, which was entirely taken up by The Decline on a 12-inch yeah. record. How long is the song, Steve? It is 18 minutes and 19 seconds. Okay. Um, it's similar to Indigata de Vida" by Iron Butterfly. I don't know if you know that song yeah um that yeah. song's like only seventeen minutes long and that takes up the entire a side okay. which is just crazy um the b- the b side of the decline is an alternate version of um clams have feelings too which is to, from their album wait
0: pump up the volume it's the song title is clams have feelings too or T.O.O.? Oh, T-O-O. Okay. yeah I thought it was like the second time they did it. No, no. Well, I mean, because uh, it is. You said it was an alternate, so I was like, oh, maybe the song is just called clamps have feelings. Yeah, gotcha. Um,
1: this, this. I don't, I don't. I keep wanting to call it an album, but let's just say this song came out in 1999.
0: Yeah, it's a song. I would say it's a song. It's it, just they have to put it on an album. Yeah, an al- like a full. Yeah, it can't be like a single, like a seven-inch single.
1: It was released in between uh, "So Long" and "Thanks for All the Shoes," which was from '97. And from Pump Up the Volume, which came out in 2000. And those two albums are probably my favorite sounding albums, yeah. at least from a production standpoint. Mm. Um, so Long, Thanks for the Shoes had a great bass tone. I don't know if you ever checked that one out. It's it's very so, no. different sounding, the bass tone on there, but it's really cool. Um, and I think Pump Up the Volume just is probably one of my favorites sonically. It just sounds okay. really good. might not be the best if you're going like objectively, but I like it the best. To me, okay. it, it sounds, that's what my aesthetic.
0: Hey, you do you, man. Yeah. Um,
1: Like I said, this is 18 minutes long and 19 seconds, which officially makes it the third longest punk rock song. Oh, what are the other two? The first is PMX's song, The Ballad of Tony Montana. Really? It's a long ballad. I mean, have you ever seen that movie, Scarface? Yeah. Like a two and a half hour long ballad in the movie, at least. Um, But their song is 24 minutes and four seconds. Okay. Uh, The second longest song is by Crass, and the song is called Yes, Sir, I Will, which is about 20 minutes long. Hmm. Uh, punk rock shong- songs are usually like usually 2 minutes like long 30 three. seconds long yeah they're minute, usually 30. short um so anything that's over 4 minutes in a punk rock song is is what pretty, i would call long pretty long yeah 5 minutes 6 minutes you're like whoo this is really overstaying. it's welcome yeah and then the decline pops in at 18 minutes long you're like whoa, like, whoa, whoa what
0: <laughs> yeah it's uh it's a long one you could almost say it's like six songs in one you could say that
1: um, because of its bonus length, if you're ever at a bar where they have a jukebox, <laughs> it's well worth your effort, effort to go over and check to see if they have the decline because everywhere we've been, it has the same dollar value as a regular song. Yeah, you so pop you pop in what, a dollar. It's like two credits or whatever for yeah. per dollar. You can pay your two credits for uh, 21 Pilots' new hit song, or you can pay your $1 two credits for the decline by no effects yeah. and have it be four to five times longer. Yeah, and then... If
0: pe- I don't know if people like normally get annoyed whenever we do that.
1: I think they probably do. We go, to, we go to this dive bar from time to time, and I feel like they're not punk rock lovers. No, probably not. And they have to suffer through like 20 minutes of punk well, rock. Well, at
0: that bar, they're normally either playing like country Bro or rock. oddly enough, rap. Yeah, it's kind of odd. And not like... I guess, I don't know. There's probably a different genre of rap they're playing, but... It's normally, to my, um, as one who does not exactly know all the different subgenres in rap, I would call it rap, but it's probably some weird sub subgenre that I'm not aware of. Yeah, I don't know.
1: There's a lot of subgenres, and we're not what you would call experts in, in the, the rap the, field. Yeah, I'm
0: not really an expert at anything. <laughs> mm, yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, I'm not either.
1: I am an expert at being me. Actually, maybe not even that. No, probably not.
0: We're not even experts at this podcast that we created. No.
1: <laughs> Far from it, actually. <laughs> but thanks for listening anyway. Yeah, thank you, all two of you. <laughs> uh, Anyways, back to the decline. Uh yes. the
0: song's a slightly
1: tongue-in-cheek political song. Uh slightly. it observes the quote unquote decline. Of America, or you could say society domestically, slightly tongue in cheek. Slightly, uh, it's very tongue in cheek. Yeah. Um, it tackles a wide array of topics, yeah. and I'm just going to list it maybe seems a, like, a
0: few of them. Yeah, it seems like through every verse of the song, it's a like a different story, or like from a different or a different perspective, different sp- subject, or a different subject. Yeah.
1: yeah. They they tackle things such as apathy, gun control, religion, blind faith, nationalism, drug charges, prison, suicide. Opioid problems, which coming out in 1999, they're a little ahead of their time because the opioid epidemic is crazy now. Yep. Um, uh, Conformity and, of course, stupidity. Yes. And this is before they had their very political album, The War on Errorism. Um, They were very strong opponents of Bush, the Bush administration. Like, they started the Rock Against Bush and all that stuff. So, this was even before that. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if this came out after that, but... Uh, Of course, it came up before. And I think a lot of these things definitely hold up today, Uh, at least from from if you hold the same perspective as them. Yeah. uh, It's very relevant today. Nothing's really changed. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. Um,
0: I don't think at least. Yeah. I mean, it seems like in general, I think one of the lines in the songs kind of sums up or maybe sums up the ethos of the uh, whole song, but we'll get to that in a little bit sure we will but before we touch on
1: like theme more themes or ethos or pathos or egos or super egos (laughs) or 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 the id i guess if i gotta pull all those three together um musically i'd say this well not just i would say i think a lot of people would say uh this song is comprised of many different segments that kind of come together through various segues yeah um There are a few, maybe a couple repeating parts that you could call refrains. Yeah, Um, but... I'd say the main one is that trombone part that happens maybe two-thirds of the way through and at the end. Yeah. And that repeats maybe twice. Um, But other than that, it's a lot of unique sections in the song. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they just kind of come back. So you could almost split this up into a bunch of little songs, but they they worked in ways to tie every section together. Uh, I think this song definitely showcases Fat Mike's bass playing abilities. Yes, it does. Which can often be overlooked. I wouldn't really say that he's a virtuoso on most No Effects songs, but he has the capabilities. He's not like a... Like the bass player from a Wilhelm Scream, right? Or any of those like super technical bass players, but he's a pretty darn good bass player. Yeah. Uh, and this song definitely has a lot of really cool bass lines. There's many segments in this song that are kickstarted by a new awesome sounding bass line. Like, uh, I think my favorite is the one that goes.
0: It's just Is that
1: one where he also
0: he sings over that too, right? when yes. he's playing that? Uh, no, no, he doesn't. Um, Which but, is the one that he sings over when he, he's playing something crazy?
1: Um I'm drawing a blank, but I know there's one that, that he does. He plays a really interesting-sounding bass line. Um, if I recall correctly... Um, I'm digging really deep into my thoughts here. Okay, he goes. (laughs) He's just going really, really fast back and forth on the bass. You
0: know, I think you're probably right. (laughs) That's (laughs) exactly how it sounds. Yeah, but
1: uh, (laughs) he definitely does sing above that. Um, and I had seen them play. Oh, I've seen them play a couple times, but the first time I saw them in when I was in high school. Um, they started playing this song, and I said to myself, surely they will not play this entire song. But lo and behold, 18 minutes later, I was awestruck that they had played the entire thing. Nice. Uh, and Fat Mike did all the crazy bass parts and sang over top of them. Yeah. Uh, if you ever want to watch live versions, there's a couple of really cool ones on YouTube you can look up, and yep. uh, they're they're worth checking out because the band does them justice. Mm-hmm. Uh, they recorded a couple live albums, the second being called... Uh, the first one's called, I Heard They Suck Live. The second is <laughs> called, They've Actually Gotten Worse Live. <laughs> um, and on the second album, the very last song is Sticking In My Eye, one of their uh, oh, yeah. popular songs. Yep. Um, and after that song ends, they start playing The Decline. And they make it about three minutes in, and then the album fades out. Oh, really? So I'm assuming they played the whole thing live, but it's such a, like well, a tease for them yeah. to do that. Just because they like,
0: know you want to hear it. From the videos that I've watched today, they said like they play they have to they want to play that song in like every city like at least like one time yeah i think I've seen like at least that. all the big cities you know yeah. obviously not in every city but yeah. crazy
1: um back to the the music
0: aspect and i guess just the yeah. song
1: in general um there's one quote and i don't have it in front of me but essentially what fat mike said was writing this song and recording it was one of the most difficult things that they had done as a band at least up to that point yeah um he said he is extremely proud of it but he would never do it again and doesn't recommend that anyone ever try it yeah (laughs) because it's just such a
0: beast to do that yeah and i'm not surprised It, it really is yeah it would be a lot of effort yeah probably in the same type of vein as uh what matt and trey have to say about writing the book of mormon I like how, beast. how that was like so much more so work much more work than they, they, thought. they thought it was gonna be. But it was rewarding, but they would yeah. never do it again. Yeah. yeah. So probably at least a little bit kind of similar in that way. Yeah. Um as
1: far as like stories go in this song, when they're touching on some different subjects, there's only two real characters that pop up. Yeah. One is Jerry and the other is Sarah. Yep. When I think of Jerry, I think of Jerry from Rick and Morty. <laughs> like the kind of idiot jerry. yeah who gets bad luck yeah uh and is, is unfortunate and in this seems song like
0: that is jerry
1: yeah uh that this is the drug prison and suicide portion of the song
0: yeah so it tells the story of jerry getting caught with uh a dime dime of marijuana of marijuana in michigan yeah, right detroit and he gets sent to jail for 20 years yeah. for it and no Effects said Detroit
1: carries 20 years, whereas California, a dime gets you a $20 fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He goes to jail, uh, is physically abused, and commits suicide to escape it. Yep. Crazy. Yep. Um, Sarah, the other character, um, is actually short for serotonin. Mm -hmm. Uh, Serotonin is a chemical in the brain that's like the pleasure chemical. Yep. Uh, Sends messages and receptors. Um, and in the song, they say Sarah is gone. Yeah, uh, she, The answering machine is there taking 10,000 messages. Done, yeah. But yeah. So serotonin, everyone's like, when I think of that, I think pe- people being like plugged into their TVs or being mindless and not really having yeah. that, not really being excited present. or enjoying things. Yeah. Not being present. Yeah. Um, so it's a clever way to personify. Is that the word? Personify serotonin? Yes. That is yeah. the correct as word. A, as a person. Mm-hmm. Per- personify. Personified. They personified <laughs> serotonin.
0: Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a that's just a really interesting um, section of the song, really. Yeah, or just that whole idea. And this was in the nineties, ninety nine. Yeah, and so that whole problem, like you mentioned, phones or TVs or whatever, that's probably even more pervasive today than it was in ninety nine. Yeah, I think with so all too. the, I increase think, in technology and whatnot
1: want to think of that like the mindlessness the brainlessness in the 90s I think like the latchkey kids who would just sit on their couch <laughs> yeah. and watch TVs yeah and kind of the boob tube the boob tube yeah um now let's focus on some more themes shall we okay I'm just gonna read off some of my favorite lines from this song okay. So I don't I know you referenced a, a line earlier that would you'd bring up later yeah um perhaps I'll say it I don't know you if might. I do let we'll me see. know. Um,
0: I'll I'll I'll, we'll ha- I'll just
1: scream something if you do. Okay. Uh, my first favorite line is the first line in the song. <laughs> um, I think it's great. Uh, he says, "Where are all the stupid people from, and how they get to be so dumb? Bred on purple mountain range, fed amber waves of grain, to lesser human beings, zero feelings." Yeah, uh, I think that's a good way to start off your your big old song your about big, America and the, the people. Yeah. Um, next I really like the line where he says, add the bill of rights, subtract the wrongs. There's no answer. Uh, and then a little bit, uh, he says, we're living in united stagnation.
0: Stagnation. So it's like,
1: uh, we're living in a nation, stagnation, which to be stagnant is to, to not be progressing or moving forward. You're staying still. Yeah. Um, and then I'm just going to read one more line that I really like. Okay. He says, place a wager on your greed, a wager on your pride. Why try to beat them when a million others tried? Yeah. So just saying everyone else is is uh, going for greed and for pride. So why don't you join them? There's no sense in in trying to fight it. Let's all be great, greedy and prideful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he refers to it as the greedyocracy earlier. Yeah. Greedyocracy. Yeah. And... Um, on one of their other albums, the one that you reviewed, "The War on Errorism," it makes me think of the the mediocrity. Yeah. That he always was talking about mediocre. Yeah, yeah. Clever. I'm assuming none of those were the lines that you had in mind. Did you hear me
0: make any strange noises? I mean, maybe it was a silent noise. <laughs> Who am I to judge your noises? <laughs> uh, no the uh, the line that I really like, or actually, the verse uh, that I really like. It's kind of. Partially like a sobering truth that he's talking about and also almost like a call to become more present and to become less attached or less um less like Sarah. Oh that less way.
1: like Sarah. Sarah Tonin that is.
0: Yeah. Uh the the verse that I like is when he says, And so we go on with our lives. We know the truth but prefer lies. Lies are simple, simple as bliss. Why go against tradition when we can admit defeat, live in decline? Be the victims of our own design, the status quo built on suspect. Why would anyone stick out their neck? So, like, he's, like, asking the question, like, why would anybody try to be different or try to live for what they believe in when it's so much easier to just go along with what everybody else is yeah. doing? Conformity. Yeah. So that, you see how see what I'm saying? That's kinda of like a, a call to action, but also like a sad truth of what probably most yeah. people do and what most people are. It's true. Yeah. And it's it's pretty easy to slip into that. Classic America. Yeah.
1: We're uh, all purple mountain of ranges and Amber waves of grain. Mmm. <laughs> We're drinking some amber, amber waves, waves of, of grain. grain right <laughs> <Yeah>. now. <laughs> Uh, anything else to say about NoFX's, as I said, magnum opus, "The Decline"?
0: Um, just that it's a fantastic song. Yeah, it's a rage. You know I mean, yeah, it really is. Do you have a favorite section in the song musically? Um, I honestly like really like the sections between when uh, LFA plays that jump, jump, The uh, when it like gets really slow and my and Fat Mike plays the i like i wish i had a shilling i'd buy a government i like those those like in between parts between the really fast parts yeah because you get like really chill and like slow in those parts and then all of a sudden it's like a really drastic change back to really fast punk beats and it's awesome
1: maybe they did that so that they could get a breather I'm playing probably live. <laughs> maybe. honestly i wouldn't be surprised you can't play those fast punk rock
0: drums for for 20 minutes straight oh man I well may- maybe
1: you could i don't know that just seems like a really really difficult thing to do
0: yeah and i'm pretty sure we've said this before but if you ever watch a, a live video of NoFX play their drummer smelly is just sitting up there on the drums like doesn't even it doesn't even look like he's putting any effort into playing the drums he's just like chilling out just like <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. he just like he's just sitting upright and he just looks like he's playing a
1: really easy song and then like when the song's over you see him go he's like oh. <sighs> yeah he sits out a big old sigh of relief
0: yeah that's uh, um, so funny there's i saw that one video that you were telling me about earlier where he plays, where guitar. He plays guitar yeah there's, there's a
1: live <laughs> video online um i think it's from like 2018 2015 2015 they're yeah. in the rio de janeiro is that correct i don't know I somewhere in south america were um and during the last segment of the song uh when el jefe the guitar player switch switches to the trombone the drummer smelly comes out from behind the kit picks his guitar and starts to play and i think the drum tech steps in to play the drums for the rest of the song but he's playing guitar really
0: funny there was there was one point when he was facing the drum set and he was just shaking his butt yeah he (laughs) He was was he was loving it (laughs) it was so funny (laughs) funny. oh
1: man what a good song
0: so funny so yeah give that song a listen yeah um I have got nothing bad to say about it. I think it's a
1: fantastic song. Uh it's worth listening to multiple times. Yeah. Um it's worth putting on on any jukebox where there's a jukebox available.
0: It's worth a dollar. That's seriously, the the best way you can spend a dollar at a bar. Yeah. Unless or where, where there is a jukebox.
1: Unless you find a, a really funny song, but that's beside the
0: point. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else to say about the beer? Um I think the flavor has stayed fairly you know, fairly, fairly straightforward. I guess since, Tastes it's, pretty good. since it's a
1: shorter episode, it didn't warm up too terribly much.
0: Mm-mm. But I feel like even if it did warm up, it would still taste fairly similar. Maybe the body would get a little bit more thick. Mm-hmm. But I think like the flavor profile probably would have stayed pretty similar.
1: Agreed. Looking forward to next week, uh, we're going to return to the regular format of the episode in which I recommend an album for Jesse. He does the same for me. And then we come back, review those, and we review two different beers. Oh, yeah. Uh, For you, I am going to recommend The Hand That Thieves by Streetlight Manifesto. Clever name. I guess it's clever. I don't know. They're a great ska band from, you know what? I don't know where they're from. But that is not the most... <laughs> Aren't they from
0: California? I think they're from Massachusetts. Oh, really? Maybe the greater, have no idea. greater
1: Boston area, perhaps. I'm not, I'm not sure. I think, but I
0: could be wrong. Maybe. And for you, I'm going to be recommending the, the album Lonesome Dreams by Lord Huron, which I know you're just super excited for, Steve. Is that like Lake Huron? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Classic. No. Um, but anyway, that's that is going to be for next week. And just another note for any of you returning listeners, if you would like to recommend an album for us to do for a one-off, feel free to message us on the good old FB, Facebook or Instagram, Instagram, and ma- just make sure to, to be like, hey, I listened to your podcast. I would like you guys to listen to this album. It's awesome. Yeah. Because believe it or not, we get a lot of like weird spam messages. Get along on yeah. Instagram. Mainly like let us boost your followers. Yeah. Or hey guy, go to my website. <laughs> and it's like a picture of a pretty lady. <laughs> and Ooh, you're like a trashy no, lady. Thank
1: you. Uh, you can also reach us on Twitter. Yes. Or you can email us at American Brews and Tunes at gmail dot com. Dot com. Uh, do we have any other housekeeping stuff? I don't housekeeping. Think so.
0: Just um uh, Say thanks for listening, if you do. We appreciate it. We appreciate you all. All of you, even you. That one guy from North Dakota. Steve? What was his name? They're a fictitious person from North Dakota. They're not fictitious, but what's his name? (laughs) You know who you are. Guy in North Dakota. You know who you are. Anyways,
1: uh, (laughs) let's say that we finish these beers and sign off. Let's do it up. Once again... (laughs) Shit a beep. Down the hatch.
0: Ah. Delicious. <clears throat> my name is Steven Johnston. And my name is Jesse Titus. And this
1: is American Brews and Tunes.
0: Oh yeah.
1: Here's a theme song, you know it's not a mean song. It's a good song, just as it should song American
0: Brews and Tunes shibbity it, baby,